<laughs> Talking Tanker, we are here, episode number 15 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character and creation of all time. Uh, joining me along on this journey of dead man talking, as always, is my tag team partner, Travis White, and my name is Alex Dorio, and this right here is WrestleMania 11. Can you believe it? Our fourth WrestleMania together. Oh, no, man. Flying by. Flying by. Right Thanksgiving by. to all of you. Happy Thanksgiving 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 to all of you. Happy to to Thanks for bringing us into your homes, everybody. We got lots of followers and downloads and tweets and likes and YouTube views. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. So We do. You're, you're our second family, so we appreciate you joining us and making us your your Thanksgiving... Not nah, not Thanksgiving Eve. What's the day oh. after Thanksgiving tradition? We'll just uh, say that. Uh, Black Friday. Your Black Listen Friday tradition. Black Friday shopping. Yeah. Just like Survivor Series yeah, was the uh, Thanksgiving Eve tradition, or your Black Friday tradition. Exactly. We will be next. Yeah, we will be next year. Yeah, man. Yeah. WrestleMania 11. Uh, this is uh, April 2nd, 1995. Hartford, Connecticut, dude. Like, so that's weird. strange. Very really strange. Weird. Not a lot of wrestling fans in Connecticut, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, when you look back. Fans. Say what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when you look back at the legacy of WrestleMania and you see New York City, Chicago, uh, Miami, uh, New Orleans, New Orleans Los Angeles, Hartford, Connecticut, just seems yeah. really weird in there. And, you know, it's a not a huge arena or anything. It's like we said in the last episode, 95 is a is a weird time for the WWF. It's, it's a downtime. And they're really leaning hard on celebrities to carry the brand rather than the superstars. They don't have any real mega stars to carry the show or, or they don't have confidence in them. You know, right. maybe they are bigger stars and we've talked about how big a star the undertaker is, but I guess they don't have the confidence in them to push the brand. So we've seen with Leslie Nielsen, Chuck Norris, Pamela Anderson, now, uh, all these celebrities with WrestleMania 11, and they've kind of reconfigured, retconned, if you will, WrestleMania into being a celebrity event more than a wrestling event. And you can see that on the opening video for the show. They go through every WrestleMania, showing a clip from every WrestleMania, but all it does is show a clip of each celebrity from each WrestleMania. It doesn't show any wrestlers in the entire clip. It just goes through each WrestleMania and shows... Uh, Ray Charles, Mr. T, Liberace, Reba McIntyre, Willie Nelson. Yeah. yeah, it's very telling of what they want to focus on right now. And uh, <clears throat> it's that thankfully they've moved away from that and made the wrestlers the stars nowadays a lot more so than celebrities, but very, very telling of the times. Yeah, it's that's true, man. Like they still use celebrities at WrestleMania, and they still continue, will continue to do so. But yeah, this was the first one where it's just like, might as well call it Celebrity Mania, man. Because yeah. you got Jonathan Taylor Thomas, you know, the voice of Young Simba, um, you know, Tool Time, or was it a oh, Home Improvement? Yeah, right. Where's that guy been? Like, since, time for a comeback. 
2001. Yeah, he should come back to WrestleMania next year. <laughs> um, I'll, be, I'll be down for that. Yeah. But anyway, he's involved. Uh, what's the guy's name from uh, Law & Order? Or, or yeah, NYPD Blue. NYPD yeah. Blue. Uh, Nicholas Turturro. Nick Turturro's on. He's like a backstage commentator. He is. Like, he's like Renee Young nowadays. Yeah. yeah. He, there's a really funny video. I'll, pro- I'll post it on the Twitter and everything this week. There's like a promo for WrestleMania where he's interrogating Paul Bearer and Mr. Fuji about Yokozuna. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's really funny. We'll, we'll have to post that on there. You know, you got um, the winner of the Royal Rumble from our last episode was supposed to be accompanied by um, Pamela Anderson to the main event of WrestleMania. But that turns around during the show and you get Jeannie McCarthy. Jeannie McCarthy, Salt yeah. and Peppa. Salt and Peppa, you know. Did they sing What a Man? Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, All the football players that are with Lawrence Taylor, including Mongo McMichael. Yeah, the future Four Horsemen. Yeah. Uh, Mongo McMichael. <clears throat> wow. That pains me to say that. Um, <laughs> remember my, my Mongo McMichael toy I had? I do, with the backwards <laughs> hand. He had, he had two left hands? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> that toy. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's a weird time in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, again, this show is going to be headlined by Bam Bam Bigelow versus an NFL player, you know, right. Mark Taylor. So very strange. You know, you just had this Royal Rumble last uh, or two months ago. You know, you can catch our episode, you know, our last episode. We don't talk about the Rumble, you know, in it. But Shawn Michaels wins. He comes in at number one. He and David Boy Smith were number one and two. They're also number twenty nine and thirty in the match. You know, really cool. Although the Rumble was shortened to only 60 seconds yeah. in between. It's, a very, it's the shortest Royal Rumble yeah, on record. Yeah, it's weird. So even though he lasted from number one, he was only in it for like 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, But still, cool Rumble. You know, that that's the first time I told the story of, well, I guess, I'm sorry, uh, Ric Flair won from... But he was number three. Early he was number three. Yeah, but still. Like, so this is the first yeah. time they told that story. You know, it's really cool. Um, yeah, St. Shawn Michaels win it to headline WrestleMania against his... Once best friend, the guy he brought into the World Wrestling Federation, Diesel, has been the champion since the night after Survivor Series. This this storyline has two years of story. You know, he brought Diesel in in '93, um, and here we are in, in WrestleMania '95, and they're going to headline the show. Except they're not going to headline the show. No. It's Bam Bam and a football player um, who does a fantastic job. It is. I will it's, say. A, it's a yeah. The best possible outcome of a non-wrestler yep. against a wrestler, but you know, I I think again we, we talk about this all the time. We're fans. We we've watched wrestling for twenty five years. That that's that's our experience. We've never never been in the business, never claimed to be, but we're just giving our perspective as fans. But I feel like the celebrities when you bring celebrities into wrestling, they're there to enhance the wrestlers, give them a rub, make them bigger superstars. That's what you want. Like Mike Tyson with Steve Austin. That's your best case scenario. This show is bringing in the celebrities to hopefully people will buy this pay-per-view because the celebrities are there and we're going to make them the focus of everything. They're not giving the rub to any of the wrestlers, really. They're just there to hopefully pop one big buy rate. And it's yeah. the worst case scenario uh, of bringing celebrities in. Yeah, it's very true. You know, it's yeah. I have nothing else to add to that, but it's definitely true. It's, and I just wrote it's definitely a sports entertainment show. You know, definitely not a WrestleMania. It's more like sports entertainment mania. Yep. Um, 
which some of them are nowadays or have been in the past. This one's definitely got that feel. You know, we mentioned it's the new it's the new generation. It's you know these diesels at the top of the car, and Shawn Michaels is up there with them. And but again, you got like I said in the last episode, DiBiase, his hands, his corporation is in in play in all these matches. You know, um, and in fact, headlining the show with Bam Bam. Yeah, right he's now. all over the show. Um, yeah, and the tag title match and stuff like that, and it's just you know he's got his hand. Which again, I appreciate the continuity there and how they, um, you know, how they kind of infiltrate a lot more than just they don't have one storyline going on with their their uh, faction. They're they're all over the card, so it's very good. Um, well, before we get yeah. into it, just one more point on that. Just thinking about it now as we're talking, you know, unfortunately nowadays the problem in a very similar way is with WrestleMania is that. It's become part-timer mania with mm-hmm. you're trying you're bringing in the celebrities are now the wrestlers who have gone right. beyond WWE whether it's Rock or Jericho or even Cena almost to a point now he's he's almost graduated to that same level where you got to fit all these guys in and the Undertaker you know and the Undertaker yep. you know not to to bash on him because we're making this podcast about him, but he almost became a part of the problem the past couple of years with WrestleMania is all the guys that are there year round that are put the company on their backs. They kind of get pushed to the side at WrestleMania and it becomes about all these celebrities who are now the part-time wrestlers. Uh, and it kind of loses its way. It loses its focus and you don't make any new stars that way. They're not there giving the rub. They're just, there taking all the attention. So I'm sure we'll talk about that more in later episodes, too. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll hit that as it continue, we continue to see that unfold here. But, you know, this is Undertaker's other WrestleMania. You said this is his fourth one we've done together, right? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, he, he missed he missed last year, right? Missed WrestleMania 10. Back injury. So, yeah. This is, um, yeah, this is his next one. So, I, I went back. I think you did, too. We went back and watched the Raw beforehand just to... um get some context, you know, I read up, you know, about what he was doing since the last show and everything, and the the Raw before this was basically just a, if, what the what nowadays we call the pre-show. Yeah, or, um, just a lot of on the network, recaps, you know, video packages. Yeah, video packages and interviews, and did you notice Vince McMahon's turtleneck, dude? Oh, yeah. It says WWF Raw on the, on, like, electric blue on the turtleneck. They, got, they I, need I to sell that. Online. Yeah. I looked for it online, I couldn't find it. We should make it and we, sell it on Pro Wrestling Days. <laughs> we'll make those on the Talking Taker store. Yep. We'll send you one if you send us a picture from the last podcast. We'll put an urn on there instead of the WWF logo. It'll oh, look yeah. Good. Oh, good. But um, it's basically an infomercial, but there's a promo from Undertaker, and he has like this over-the-top purple eyeshadow. Yeah. And he's, he looks like the crow, too. He's got this black face paint like coming up, like mascara coming out of like, the corners of his eyes, almost like you know a precursor to what Sting would look like. I just noted that like it looked... It wasn't as over the top and crow like as Sting, but it just was definitely very different from what we've seen. He's also and he doesn't have it on during the match. No, just, just in this promo. Monday, the end is at hand. It's time to meet your maker. It's time to rest in peace. Oh. He's also standing in like a broom closet for this promo broom. too. <laughs> yeah. It's like Bruce Pickers, like, shoot, we gotta shoot this <laughs> real quick. Yeah. Vince wants a promo. Shove you in this closet and <laughs> do it. So, um, and again, this point, storyline wise, DiBiase's got the urn still. And now, in the meantime, what did I miss? We've added Kama, the Supreme Fight Machine, to the corporation. Right. Yeah. Kama has joined the corporation and he'll play a significant role 
in this match and, and build to the next part of The Undertaker's year in 1995, and we'll get to that in a second. Right. Uh, but this time he's facing King Kong Bundy, uh, third on the card uh, on this show, so still near the up bottom half of the card. Up up what? one spot, yeah. <laughs> we got King and Vincent Mann again on commentary, so a little bit more stability in the commentary yeah. area. And, I mean, what do you... How do you feel about King Kong Bundy? I ranted all about IRS on the last episode, so we'll go to you before we get into the match. <laughs> what are your thoughts on King Kong Bundy? Um, again, nowadays he cracks me up. He was on a Vince Russo podcast, and he was hilarious. Oh, really? But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it's somewhere in his archives. It's hilarious, but um, he doesn't hold anything back. But um, at the time, like looking back at him, and he comes out. Do you notice he chatters his teeth the whole time? <laughs> yeah. Was that a thing? Was that a thing he did? I, don't I guess. Remember him, like. I don't remember that being like one of his little things, like you know. But um, he's just to me, he's just another big man, you know. I can't tell where his head stops and his neck starts. He's like Barney Rubble. Um, that's not a knock on him. It just you know that's the way he's built, you know. He just his head, his a big head on his shoulders, like. But like I mentioned a few episodes ago, it looks like when Big Show shaves his head and his goatee, he looks like right. King Kong Bundy just squished down. But um. You know, I know he's, and I put him over last episode about him being a WrestleMania headliner, and he is. And that's a good, you know. You can't take that away. Undertaker to be, yeah, you can't. You never take away from The Miz either, you know. So, um, or Lawrence Taylor for that matter. <laughs> so, not a lot of guys can say they may have been WrestleMania, but King Kong Bunny did. And, again, I just don't, I don't get it, I guess. Um, right. I don't know. I wasn't, I mean, 1986 when he headlined, I was, uh, that match came out before I was born. So, you know, like a half a month before I was born, so um, I didn't see that, I didn't really, wasn't around for his heyday, but um, here, if he's coming back, I just don't, you know, I don't get it, but it's a good rub for Undertaker to be in this match, if he's gonna have a match, it's a list, as we go through the streak on Wrestlemania, I mean, he's annihilating good opponents sometimes, you know, he got Jake the Snake, you know, was one of them, you know, you know I'm sure King Kong Bundy, is he in the Hall of Fame? He's not. If, if not, he will be, you know, he won't be a first ballot guy, but he'll be one of those little, you know, side ones they do real quick or he'll be one of the like here's the quick nominees and they do a little video of him he'll be in there you know yeah it, the rest it, of it eventually I just, yeah i just don't get it you know honestly he's and this yeah he's a weird fit for this era you know we're, we're supposed yeah. to be in the new generation and he is just your prototypical 80s wrestler yeah, i mean that, i don't know any other way to put it he as just the generic singlet, the big, fat, bald, not tough, but just like just a big guy who looks like what a wrestler used to look like. And right. you know, he'd been wrestling for a long time at this point. I didn't realize sure. it back then, but he was in world class back in like the early 80s. He had hair back then. So it's kind of oh, funny my. to go look at that on YouTube or on the WWE Network or something. But... Man, he, he, I think he was only, I looked it up today, he was about 38 or 39 at this WrestleMania, so not super old, but still, he'd been wrestling for a long time. He's associated with WrestleMania 2 in the 80s. He's just, like I said, is a weird fit to be making a comeback in this new generation era. And, yeah, I, I just don't get it. He's, he's not, not an exciting wrestler to watch, but it, it kind of makes you... I guess it gives Undertaker a little bit of a rub to beat a, an, an older guy, a main event type guy. And as you said, uh, this is 
part of his streak. And did you catch on commentary? I think it's the first time they mentioned any sort of streak on there. Vincent Mann says... So, yeah. you know, everyone likes to think, oh, when did they really start making the streak a thing? Well, you can look at WrestleMania 11. That's the first time it's ever referenced at all. The, the Undertaker is undefeated at WrestleMania. So whether or not they were planning on making it a thing, they at least had right. noticed it at this point. Exactly. I wrote that down, too. I just wrote that's very interesting because I know we don't really tend to think of it becoming a thing until, like, around... What, Randy Orton, maybe? When Randy Orton, he feuded? Yes, yeah, so somewhere around there, maybe probably. Before, maybe, no, maybe even 2001, in Triple H, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, right here, I was just, I was blown away, man. I was like, man, I didn't realize that they even noticed at this point, you know, but that was cool um, that they did. But uh, I guess we're getting the match here. Bundy comes yeah. out again with DBIC and his music, and in the meantime, we go to... Oh, you want to talk about going off on somebody who I can't stand? I cannot stand Top Hat and Go. And watching all these old videos and watching these old Raws, seeing him on the Raw before this, sitting there next to Vincent Mann, I don't know why Vincent just leaned over and punched him. Like, he, I can't imagine Vincent Mann enjoyed this guy's company. Like, he is just a massive, to me, just a tool. His haircut is out of, I mean, his haircut doesn't even fit in in 95. Right. He's got, he's got the, oh man, I just can't even. He's got this terrible haircut. He's got a wedding ring, so he's married to somebody. I'm not her, she, her, <laughs> her, I'm not sure who she is, but he just drives me nuts, man. And he has a stupid earring. I can't stand it. He just looks like a like a jabroni, man. But um, anyway, so That's funny, I say all that to say, a, that, as a kid, man, Todd Pingel was like the funniest guy to me. I just like uh, I wanted really? his job, wanted to be him. Oh so, yeah, like for as sure. a kid. Uh, I always thought, oh man, he's so cool, he's so funny. But definitely looking back on it, he's he's such a goof, just big big goober. Yeah, he's awful man, I just can't stand him. But um, he's interviewing Neil Anderson from the NFL, former Chicago Bears, I think, player. Um, and he, you know, they're they're just completely not even talking about this match. It's like a WCW thing to do, you right? Know? Very much. They don't talk about this match. They talk about the main event. Um, so again, going back to what you said about this, this show is all about the. Uh, what should be supporting act, but it's actually the feature players, which are the NFL, um, the the, um, the celebrities, and even our referee, who is um, Larry Young from the American League of the MLB. And this is during the time of the baseball uh, strike, yeah, baseball strike. or umpire so, strike, something, yeah, umpire strike, yeah. He's an umpire from the MLB. Um, so again, he looks like a on that looks like a fat Mark Summers from Double Dare. He does. He does. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. Oh man, it's just like that. I'm <laughs> tested. Um, oh yeah, but anyway, so that's all cut. He's doing that interview with Top Pettengill's doing that interview with the NFL player during like it, like Undertaker's music hits at the end of it his interview, and he's like, "Oh no, the Undertaker!" So that's another reason I hated him too, just because like he took away from Undertaker's entrance. There you go. Um, but uh, Gong hit, lights are out, and <laughs> Lawler says. Tuxedo finally looks good. Good line. <laughs> finally looks good. That was a Heenan line if I've ever heard one. Yeah. That was so good. Like you can, I can just see Heenan and Gorilla. Oh yeah. Exchanging that. So. I wrote that one down too. Yeah, that was funny. Um, but the whole crowd's on their feet, man. I, I noticed that. Like the whole crowd. I mean, the entire crowd's on their feet when Undertaker's entrance. Like no one's sitting down. Now that'll change during the match. Yes. But. This entrance, again, not a lot of wrestling fans in Connecticut. Not a great crowd at all. <laughs> no. Um, so, 
But yeah, you're right. Yeah. This is where Vince points out he's never lost at WrestleMania, which is again a cool fact there. I wrote this down. To, I guess Jerry Lawler said this about Undertaker. I didn't write down what the reference was to, but he he called Undertaker "death warmed over in a waffle iron." Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> it's like what he does was that mean? going for like two different puns, yeah. and like he just collapsed them on each other. <laughs> like, yeah, like "death warmed over" is one, then he just says "in a waffle iron." It's like, all right, <laughs> okay, so, sure. Took uh, the wind out of that joke. Not that the other one was good, but right. it's better than Cosplay's blood, obese blood ragu. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. The, uh, the storyline <laughs> has been that Undertaker, uh, excuse me, that uh, Paul Bear, whoa. <clears throat> DiBiase still has the urn. DiBiase has the urn, and the Undertaker hasn't been looking right without it. He hasn't been at his right. full strength or full powers without it. So he's, uh, has is trying to bring down The Undertaker, Ted DiBiase is, with King Kong Bundy, who is the cornerstone of the million-dollar corporation at 440 pounds, they said he weighed in at right then. That's probably a shoot, too. It's, it's probably close to it, you know. If not, he's only up by, like, 30 pounds. He's probably, probably close, yeah. He's a big boy. <laughs> he's a big boy. And they do, uh, I guess this was pretty common for Undertaker's match. We've seen it a bunch here. That the match starts off with the Undertaker with his back turned and his yeah. opponent uh, sneak attacks him. We saw it in the last match. I think we've seen it a couple other times too. So Undertaker yeah. uh, gets he and he no sells it always, uh, and he gives some uppercuts to King Kong Bundy and hits the old school super early. Uh, that right. was I mean, that's the first wrestle movie does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What like, I noticed like it was it was weird to me because he all he does before that is chops and kicks, and then all of a sudden he just he wrenches the arm. And goes for old school, and I was like, you know, again, I'm not going to critique any of these guys' work, but, like, from a psychology standpoint, why wouldn't Bundy just pull him off? You know, right. like, that part didn't make sense, and um, I don't know, it was just, it was a rare, like, hiccup in Undertaker's psychology and stuff, because, again, it may have just been his opponent, so... But it was really weird because it took a long time to get the old school move going. Yeah. Uh, and Bunny could easily just it's like he wasn't, he wasn't beaten down <laughs> no. beforehand. He just got chopped and kicked. So I guess anyway. they're just mesmerized by the Undertaker. That's how I always justified yeah. it in in my head as a kid. Why they never just pulled him off. They're just hypnotized by Maybe. what he's doing. And he Walking has ropes. powerful grip or something like that. Yeah. But I wrote though like when he does old school, it does not get a huge pop. No. Not used to. But they do pop. He after that he clotheslines Bundy just like in the in the ring, and the crowd pops more for the clothesline than they do for his uh, top rope old school, you know. So, um, and he fight- and then Bundy. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that uh, Bundy won't go off his feet for a while, but he finally does right. bump off the clothesline. Finally does go yeah. down. That's what. Yeah, that's I missed to say that. that. That's what makes the crowd pop. You know, he finally gets these big guys off his feet, and he gets Taker gets clotheslined over the top rope to the floor again. Stands on his feet, grabs the urn from DiBiase and just hands it to Paul Bear. That was it. And, yeah, it's it it like it months and months of build up. Like we got to get the urn back, and he just he just takes it from him. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just takes it from him. But um, again, DiBiase is not like DiBiase. It's like Harvey Whippleman. I mean, he's a he. Well, he made been at WrestleMania four, didn't he? Against uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, again, and he is a solid worker. I do enjoy DiBiase's matches. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, you know, he just gets it taken from him. So, um, But uh, Vincent Mann at this point says, what an ovation. Like, that's just, he loves the ovation that the crowd gives him, whether it's there or not. Yeah. Getting the, the back. Well, the crowd um, might not be excited, but 
Paul Bear is like a kid reunited with his lost teddy bear. Man, he's yeah. so excited to have his arm back. He pops the top off and starts waving the flashlight <laughs> part of it around. It is made his the day. Lights are on. The yes. lights are on in the arena, and he's like doesn't care because he lets the little flashlight shine no, out of him. He got so his good. toy back. Yeah, man. Um, Again, still the Icro Pro, uh, the jacked up urn for those of you keeping track. This urn's been working out. The funny thing with that urn, too, is that the lid is not very secure on there. Like, DiBiase drops the lid off there. Undertaker <laughs> drops it off. Kama drops it off later on. It's, <laughs> they never fix that. Yeah. So, you know, after this, he gets the the, the urn back, and DiBiase just waves up the ramp like he's waving at somebody. And it doesn't. the camera doesn't catch it at first, and uh, Jerry Lawler and Vince point out, oh, he's, he's waving for somebody to come down. Then the camera catches it. But, um... Uh, at this point, Kama comes down. Again, you talk about ring attire. Like, <laughs> what? He's wearing a singlet with a T-shirt underneath. Yeah. <laughs> the white, like, Haynes T-shirt with his name. And like, and then he's just wearing like, a red singlet over it. This as, is a, like, as a kid, I never understood that. Yeah. I don't get it, man. But, man, bless Charles White. Like, this dude, or right. Charles Wright? Right. I think it's anyway, right. Yeah. Yeah. He has had, talk about a career, like, in and gimmicks, man. Yes. That dude, and he put everything into it. And he's already, well, he didn't really feud with Taker. We talked about that. that was a missed opportunity, remember? He should have feuded with him as Papa Shango. Yeah. Um, True. But here he gets to feud with him, not as Papa Shango, but as Kama, the, the Supreme, fighting, Supreme machine. fighting Machine. Kind of, uh, um, they're going for a UFC. Also, you remember that video game Killer Instinct? I love it. And he's, yeah. he's kind of supposed to be, uh, God, what's the character on there? I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, is he like? Is he supposed to be like um, the boxer from? Yeah, the black guy on there. Yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah, TJ or no TJ Combo from Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's who he's kind of modeled after. Um, I love Combo. He's me so too. Good. I did not love Combo, but <laughs> he and Orchid are my favorites. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And, it's just his, his haircut's awesome though, for sure. His Definitely haircut's 90s great. haircut. I mean, it is. Fresh Prince of Bel Air haircut. It's awesome. <laughs> so uh, he's yeah he um, he comes out and the whole basically the whole point of this match is to build to that feud. It really seems like match, that's yeah. why this match exists because Combo runs out, steal punches Paul Bearer and steals the urn away from him. And Undertaker tries to put the claw on him to stop him, but Combo's able to run away after King Kong Bundy hits. Kama, I mean, hits Undertaker from behind, and now Kama is in possession of the urn. Yeah, and I wrote here like he runs up the up the aisleway, and again, you'd think that maybe that'll be the end of the match, but the match goes on for several more minutes. But he's in like a picture in picture with Jr. <laughs> Jr. interviews him in the middle of the match. Yeah, in the middle of a match, Jr. interviews him, and, and Kama says he's gonna melt the urn down, make it into a chain, and then wear it around his neck. What's the meaning of this? Why do we have the urn? This urn is mine now. And with this urn, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna melt this urn down, and I'm gonna put it on a chain and put it around my neck, cause this urn is mine. It doesn't belong to you. Which again, I just thought like, why don't you just show that on Raw? Like that it's like I don't know why he had to say it, cause like, again, yeah. Sometimes Vince McMahon is very guilty of not letting subtlety be around. I've pointed that out a lot of times. It's like he doesn't want the audience to have to think about anything, so he's like. Here's what we're going to do. And then uh, Lawler even reiterates the entire conversation on the commentary. It's like, do you hear that, Vince? Do you hear that, Vince? He's going to take it, melt it down, wear it around his as a necklace, around his neck. Like, <laughs> we got it, man. Like, yeah. You could let that play out for a little while. So, <laughs> Oh, well. But why? I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> Why is that his desire? What? I don't know. Maybe it's easier to steal an urn than it is a necklace off somebody? I don't know. So, yeah, because like, if you have the urn, why don't you just have the urn? Why does it, like, what good does it do to melt it and wear it? As a I don't know. Like, so it's supposed to be like an insulting thing, I guess, but is it just, is it because he's black? I mean, is it because he's supposed to be just like some rich guy, like a, a thug or something that well, he wants to have a big gold necklace? I don't, I don't, I never understood that. I don't know why. Why doesn't he just, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he could do anything with it, but he wants to wear it as a necklace. Like, someone <laughs> thought of that. Maybe Vince thought of that, and no one, like, said, that's a stupid idea, Vince. They're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, he wear it as a necklace. And yeah. we got that. That's what happens. I don't know. I mean, we already have seen Undertaker rip off a necklace from Hulk Hogan oh, way back true. when. that's true. That's so, true. You know? It's, a, it's not like he's uh, afraid of them, you know? It's, it's not a casket, like, from a big right. man. Like, he, he's not afraid to rip your necklace off. That's true. And drop it on your head. So, <laughs> I don't know. But we'll get to Kama later on in uh, future episodes. Well, the next one, I guess. Next but, one. Yeah. And then, again, back to the match here. Bundy's in control. Uh, I always want to say either Al or Ted. And it's not either Al or Ted Bundy. It's King Kong Bundy. Um, he's uh, in control with a bunch of chokes. And the crowd's chanting, rest in peace. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. They're chanting, rest in peace. And then the camera pans back, and I see that uh, Paul Bearer is leading them. In <laughs> he the is. Or- orchestrating the rest in peace chant. So I was like... Dang you, Connecticut. I was going to give you something there. I thought you guys were coming alive for the rest in peace champ. But... Paul Bear's doing his job, man. You got a dead he's crowd, and yeah. he's trying to wake him up. That's he's what a sticky Now He doesn't have that urn, you know, so he's got to do something else, you know. So yep. he's getting the crowd into it. And uh, there's a, uh, he, Bunny does a slam and then like a big splash, and then he gets a two count, and he has a headlock on Taker, uh, which some people call a rest hold or whatever. It's a rest spot in the match. And it is a long, a long headlock. Yeah. It is a Randy Orton 2007 headlock, man. It is a really long headlock. And I just wrote here, like, the crowd in the front, they look absolutely bored out of their minds. Yeah. I mean, like, which, again, is part, it's part on the match. And I put part of that blame on the match. But part of it, like, why do you go to a wrestling show, sit front row, and sit on your hands? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that even nowadays. Like, the guys that are always in the front rows of the show, mm-hmm. like, even if what's happening is not that exciting, you're in the front row, man. Like, be excited about it. Because I know, like, you and I, when we go to shows, which we haven't been in a while, like, I just get it. I turn into, like, a 12-year-old kid again, man. Yeah. I'm not the idiot's high five like we were talking about last time. But, like, we just get, we get into it. I don't care if I'm sitting front row or nosebleed. Like, get into it, man. So why are you going to pay all that money in Connecticut and just sit on the front row and be bored? So... I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't know, they burn out a little bit. It's the third match on the card. It's a tough spot on the card. Yeah, They've already. That's true. You know, yeah, a lot of different factors in but there. Yeah, it was a headlock there. But, like, they just look bored throughout parts yeah. of, you know, not just this part of the match. I just, that's the part I agree where with I, just, you. I just noted it. But, yeah, long headlock. Uh, really long headlock. Taker works his way out of it. Um, they have some point they have I wrote that there's some sort of miscommunication with the takeover or something they kind of muff up some little spot with each other but Taker works out Bundy hits uh, hits his avalanche in the corner and Taker just no sells it body oh, slams yeah. him clotheslines him and pins him <laughs> no choke yeah. slam no tombstone diving clothesline not even from the yeah. top rope or anything just a running clothesline and that's it. Game over. Rest in peace. Yeah. 
it's weird. Again, like it's kind of a strange ending, just like the last match was. You know, just kind of. I don't know if something was off or what, because you know the crowd popped really huge when he gets that avalanche in the corner and Taker no sells it. He he, he does a whip his hair back, you know, and shows his face, and the crowd's like comes alive. And then yeah, boot body slam, clothesline, and like you don't. That's not like, that's a signature move, but it's not like a finisher. So the crowd's not ready for the match to end. Like they're probably ready for it to end. I mean, they're like, thank God, but like right. you know, as far as like. These are the signs to lead you into knowing the match is over. Like they don't have that. They don't have a choke slam or a tombstone or even our old school, just like clothesline and he pins him. I'm sure that came out of nowhere. But did you know it? Like Bundy kicked out at like 3.1 seconds. Yeah, he, he kicks out. Like kicks out afterward. He kicks which out. I appreciate. I appreciate that. Like sometimes in some matches, because like it shows that like you're still kind of with it, you know. But he immediately rolls out of the ring, and like he kind of no sells that defeat. Like I don't know if that was a. Uh, I don't know if that anything happened backstage. They went along about, but like it looked, it kind of made. I don't know. It kind of made the match, the ending seem a little more. Um, kind of took the wind out of it. You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it does. I, I was going to talk about that. I, I kind of mentioned it in the last episode, alluded to it a little bit, because we talked about how Undertaker in the last match he is selling all the way to the back with that the fact yeah. that he's gotten beat up by King Kong Bundy. He doesn't have the urn anymore. He's stumbling and barely able to stand up all the way to the back uh, until the cameras are off of him. And in this match, you know, I'm not here to judge. I'm not a wrestler. I'm not not in the business. But like you said, King on Monday, he kicks out it at three and a quarter, uh, which is fine. Which you is know, fine. I love that. I love that part of the match. That's a good way to keep a little bit of your heat, you know, is, yeah. is to kick out a little bit. But rolls out of the ring, stands up, and just walks straight to the back. He's like arguing with Ted DiBiase. And yeah. I don't know, it, like I said, who am I to say? Maybe King Kong Bundy just had some sour grapes. Maybe he didn't want to put Undertaker over really that much. Maybe he felt like he was a bit of a bigger star and just kind of grumpy about it. But he does not sell at all. He doesn't put over the Undertaker at all. He lays down there for the pin and gets up and, and walks out of there kind of sour grapes-like. So maybe there, maybe I'm reading more into it than there really was, but it, it felt like... To me, it looks like somebody who didn't really wasn't really happy about doing the job that night, and right. just yeah. makes that pretty clear. I don't know. And we don't we don't have any confirmation, but that's just speculation. And if anybody, if any listeners know anything or have heard an interview or something that spells that out, you know, please let us know because we'd like to have some insight on that. Because yeah, it was just, it was very strange, you know. And Taker, he like snaps up and starts to go after him, and Paul Bear stops him. And I don't know yeah. if that's just. <laughs> He's just trying to sell the character, or if he's really legitimately pissed off at him because he, yeah. he he looks legit angry for a second. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but um, at, at this point though, enough about him. There's an awesome cosplayer in the crowd. Yes, Did you know? yes, <laughs> I, mean, I wrote that. The Undertaker outfit is so good. I appreciated that. Yeah, he's. I mean, he looks like a. Uh, he looks awesome, man. We'll have to put a picture up on Twitter of him or something. Um, and there's a, a camera cosplayer. shot in the ring too. It's pretty. You see it in like almost every Undertaker package from this point out of just it's hard to describe, but he's just standing in the ring and there's like lightning and thunder and it's just yeah uh, you know what I'm talking about the yeah. it's a shot that's been used a lot of just like as close up on his face with the hair back the eye, roll. the eye roll yeah you you'll recognize it if you see it in the match you'll recognize it from a thousand video packages about the Undertaker so I didn't realize it was from this match. Yeah, me neither. As you pointed out, I, I didn't even think about that at the time. But yeah, it is. It is from this match. So 
Yeah, he's got his eyes rolling back of his head and commentary. It's like, oh, you know, they're like freaking out about it. I don't know if this is the first time he's done. I mean, it's definitely not. But um, yeah, they get a real good close up of it. But commentary keeps putting over the like the buzzword this month is creatures of the night. Yeah, creatures of the night, creatures of the night. They keep saying it. You know, these are his creatures of the night. You know, I just I mean both Lawler and Vince keep yeah. saying it. You know, that's what that's what us Undertaker fans are. We're just creatures of the night. So um, he does the classic pose down on one knee in the in the ring, and um, that's that. You know, match is only six and a half minutes long, six thirty six, and I just wrote it's kind of a dud. You know, honestly, if you're going yeah. to melt Meltzer star writing it, you know, it's definitely uh, definitely kind of a dud. You know, it's just and again, I don't know whose fault that is, um, but you know, we talked about the. I don't know if those actually literally controversy at the end of this match, or if it was just supposed to happen because nothing comes out of that no sell I don't think you know at the end and I don't know but this continues this feud with the Million Dollar Corporation you know we'll see it continue uh, again combo the supreme fighting being machine TJ combo in his Haynes t-shirt uh, is going to be his next opponent I believe yeah and that's what this match is really is what it feels like it's just there for to set up for the next match um, maybe that's what Bundy was angry about <laughs> yeah maybe so stole his heat and yeah, like you said, they're, they're trying to build the Creatures of the Night thing up. They're saying he's getting his yeah. power from the Creatures of the Night now and not the Urn. Maybe right. they're trying to get rid of the Urn. Maybe that's why he's, he's going to melt it down and they're going to say, oh, he gets his power from the oh. Creatures of the Night now. I don't know. I mean, he does get it back and continues to use the Urn for a while after this, but maybe the sure. thought at this point was, oh, we don't want to use the Urn anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. But um, again, we mentioned that... Um this is a weird time for WWF, and yeah. they're trying new things too. Because our next, the next pay per view, well, actually next month, um, like on the calendar, this is when In Your House begins um, yeah. in May of 1985. So again, for those of you who are too young to remember In Your House or don't have any idea what it is or just took it for granted, it was a um, two-hour show, and it was 1495. You know, it was a, uh, it was cheap. That's about what half the price or a third of the price of a um, regular pay per view. So. You know, it was just a little uh, pay-per-view, trying to monthly pay-per-view um, business model at this point. Trying to do one every month and load up the card or load up the calendar. Them and WCW are starting to add more pay-per-views. The competition's getting hot. Uh, Nitro will debut in a few months, yep. five months, I guess. So, uh, um, you know, the Monday Night Wars are about to begin. So, WWE is trying to strike and or WWF is trying to strike and get this monthly pay-per-view thing going on. So, that'll be our next uh, next week's pay-per-view. Uh, will be at the very first in your house. So, is he on that one? Oh no, I'm sorry. He does a, he does a, a dark match. Uh, oh, okay. I apologize. Yeah, he right. does have a match. But it's a dark match, but yeah. So we won't want to be talking about that. I apologize. But everything I just said does is true. But um, yeah, we're not gonna be talking about that. But we'll be at I think King of the Ring is next, right? For yeah, us. our next one that we're gonna cover will be King of the Ring '95. A really, really weird one because yeah. we can talk about this more when we get there, but. Yeah, not to spoil it for. I mean, well, it's twenty years old, but uh, you know, Undertaker eliminated in the first round of a, of a King yeah. of the Ring tournament. So you know, back then he had to be looked at as a favorite to win it, probably. But actually eliminated in the very first round. So we'll dive more into that. Uh, you can watch that if you're following along with our journey. We'll have that one up for you next week. You should watch in your house one too, though, just for the nostalgia of it and just sure. to see what 
what a pay-per-view. This is their first one they try, you know. No, and, yeah, he is in a dark match um, after the show um, against Kama, I believe. So um, this is them getting their their trial run uh, until they until we head to the – when they, he, he actually gets his hand on Kama. So, um, yeah, I apologize. I did not mean to say that he was on that show, but he was. For the, those in attendance, he was there. And so. the millions watching around the world. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, maybe, yeah. Anyway, if, if you guys were at this show we just talked about, you guys were there please let us know um always would lo- i'm still waiting for somebody to come through on that and tell- send us a picture and let us know they were there um it'd be really cool but if you're at wrestlemania 11 in harford connecticut a bunch of blue bloods um up there or if you're one um, of the photographers standing around the ring you know if you're one of yes, those people it's true or if you were the cosplayer if you were that guy definitely true. we I definitely want to hear from you we got a t-shirt for you eternal night coming your way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can let us know about all that at Talking Taker on Twitter. Uh, Talking Taker, our Facebook page. Go like us over there. We we try to post a lot of stuff during the week to build up the match. A lot of the promos, video packages, just weird little clips like Undertaker. I mean, excuse me, Yokozuna on Conan O'Brien's show. Just <laughs> funny little stuff yeah. on there on the Twitter page. And uh, we also try to live tweet some of the... Some of the pay-per-views, some of the Raws and SmackDowns, I don't get to do it every time, but when I can, try to offer up some commentary on the current scene a little bit on there if you want to follow along. We would love for you to subscribe and follow on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, whatever your favorite podcast listening or watching service. Uh, Put a little bit uh, of video clip, I mean, We'll put some images and stuff on the YouTube clips, uh, whatever. Uh, some people watch them. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> if that's how you want to consume our podcast, if you're out there listening or watching on YouTube, we appreciate that. We appreciate you listening and watching us everywhere. I hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for putting up with the past two episodes. I've had a bit of a cold as we were recording these, so if I sound a little weird, if you hear some coughing or sniffling in the background, it's just that time of the year for me and maybe for you too and maybe our listening to this is helping you get through a little bit of sickness or something like that uh so hopefully uh you can appreciate and forgive and commiserate with us on all that i mean that's all i gotta say you got anything else um happy thanksgiving everybody enjoy your black friday shopping um please get a wwf turtleneck for us um uh, yeah, other than that, all I got to say is uh, thanks for joining us all. Again, we love all our fans. We love having you guys around there. And take her easy. You're our number one suspect. But why me, Detective Totoro? We got eyewitnesses that'll put you at the crime scene and got your fingerprints all over the coffin. But I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, yeah? Then why you been hiding? Hiding? I haven't been hiding. What about the dress? Dress? What dress? What was that? Yes! Oh, yes! Hey, put those back on. What happened? As I was saying, you're a decent man, Mr. Vera. And I'm sure you'll excuse me while I take care of this cross-dressing lowlife who desecrates the American flag. No!